Letter thirty one of the Sylph. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devorah Allen. The Sylph by Georgiana Cavendish, Duchess of Devonshire. Letter thirty one to Lady Stanley. My dearest sister, it is with an infinite pleasure I receive your promise of no longer indulging your pen with a subject which has too much engaged your thoughts of late, a pleasure heightened by the assurance that your silence in future shall be in earnest of banishing an image from your idea, which I cannot but own from the picture you have drawn, is very amiable, and for that reason very dangerous. I will, my Julia, emulate your example. This shall be the last letter that treats on this to-be-forbidden theme." Permit me, therefore, to make some comment on your long letter. Sure, never two people were more strongly contrasted than the baron and the colonel. The one seems the kindly sun, cherishing the tender herbage of the field. The other, the blasting mildew, breathing its pestiferous venom over every beautiful plant and flower. However, do you, my love, only regard them as virtue and vice personified. Look on them as patterns and examples. View them in no other light, for in no other can they be of any advantage to you. You are extremely reprehensible. I hope and believe I shall never have occasion to use such harsh language again, in your strictures on the supposed change in the baron's sentiments. You absolutely seem to regret, if not express anger, that he has had virtue sufficient to resist the violence of an improper attachment. The efforts he has made— and my partiality for you supposes them not to have been easily made, ought to convince you the conquest over ourselves is possible, though oftentimes difficult. It is, I believe, and I may say I am certain from my own experience, a very mistaken notion that we nourish our afflictions by keeping them to ourselves. I said I know so experimentally. While I indulged myself, and your tenderness induced you to do the same, in lamenting in the most pathetic language the perfidy of Mr. Montgomery and Emily Wingrove, I increased the wounds which that perfidy occasioned. But when I took the resolution of never mentioning their names, or ever suffering myself to dwell on former scenes, burning every letter I had received from either, though these efforts cost me floods of tears and many sleepless nights, yet in time my reflections lost much of their poignancy, and I chiefly attribute it to my steady adherence to my laudable resolution. He deserved not my tenderness, even if only because he was married to another. This is the first time I have suffered my pen to write his name since that determination. Nor does he now ever mix with my thoughts unless by chance, and then quite as an indifferent person. I have recalled his idea for no other reason than to convince you that, although painful, yet self-conquest is attainable. You will not think I am endued with less sensibility than you are, and I had long been authorized to indulge my attachment to this ingrate, and had long been cruelly deceived into a belief that his regard was equal to mine. While from the first, you could have no hope to lead you on by flowery footsteps to the confines of disappointment and despair. For to those goals does that fallacious phantom too frequently lead. You envy Miss Finch the distinction which accident induced the baron to pay her, by making her his confidant. Had you been on the spot, it is possible you might have shared his confidence. But believe me, I am thankful to heaven that chance threw you not in his way. 
with your natural tenderness and your unhappy predilection, I tremble for what might have been the consequence of frequent conversations, in which pity and compassion bore so large a share, as perhaps might have superseded every other consideration. I wish from my soul, and I hope my Julia will soon join my wish, that the Baron may be in earnest in his attention to Miss Finch. I wish to have him married, that his engagements may increase, and prevent your seeing him so often as you now do, for undoubtedly your difficulty will be greater. But consider, my dear Julia, your triumph will be greater likewise. It is sometimes harder to turn one's eyes from a pleasing object than one's thoughts. Yet there is nothing which may not be achieved by resolution and perseverance, both of which I question not my beloved will exert, if it be but to lighten the oppressed mind of her faithful Louisa Grenville. End of letter 31